And now, welcome to The Approach with Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Candlepin Corner on Twitch, a Thursday night edition of The Approach. Uh, we get a special guest in the house tonight whose stats need no introduction. His his history of Candlepin is great, but we'll get to all that because first we're bringing in two guys that run this shindig, this wonderful podcast going on. I don't know how many episodes. We debate about it every single time we're on here, uh, but we're bringing Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. Welcome, and thanks for allowing us to host you guys again for another podcast. I, I'm excited. Now, I, I have to I have to ask, like, Danny, what 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 year are we in? What what episode are we on? Like, I, I was like, going to ask. Was, you know the WrestleMania? Um, you know what? I think we're past that at this are point. We? Super Bowl. Although, although you know what, we may be equal to it because I don't know it's been. It felt like it's been almost like a year since we've done that. It's been a while. Like, you know, but I think it's time we got back into the game. And what way to start this season off? If you want to call this a season premiere with Mike McIntosh. What's going on, Mac? What's up? What's up, fellas? I, this is this, this. I've been looking forward to this. I know you and I have talked about doing this for a while now. And to start off, I saw you prepare earlier. I got myself a little bit of fireball. In honor of Joe T, we got the buka. Got the buka. Cheers. We're already getting a song request. Cheers on a baby <laughs> baby cup. Paul and Max should do a collaboration singing Paul's what was Paul's song he had State Candy Bars that is oh no yeah. State Candy Bars the commercial <laughs> I think yeah. Paul was so Paul was so disappointed when I had to back out of playing that song in the most recent ACST match that um pretty sure I ruined his day but I had no I had no voice and I was sick and it was a disaster that day could you hear the energy uh and his calls were sort of completely low because he's like, I'm not getting that song. <laughs> I was going to play some some Clapton, you know, and just kind of just serenade him into his seat. But uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Could have lulled Logan into a sense of uh, ease and taken a quick 14 on him. <laughs> well, he kicked my ass after he had a disastrous back half. I think he needed like 40 on a fill for his back yeah. half and he somehow lost by one. And. And then he just decided to turn it on after that. So he did. We I watched that at home, and that was a Logan. If you're watching, that was a tough half. We've all been there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, but it, it was. And, and I remember Paul, my favorite was hearing Paul going, and Logan's still mad off to the side. I was like, what is, "Turn the camera. I want to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, what's he yeah. breaking?" I know, right? I had a great opportunity to come out in that third game. And I think I put up a 42 half and just served it on a silver platter for him. So the main reason we had you on uh, this specific podcast is because uh, Corey was nervous that you were in his division. So that's why we wanted you two together. Listen, I still am, okay? We, we still have to face each other one more time. I, I survived match. the first one. We had a good match. I had one good string. Out there. The other four were real close. Yeah, now, I do yeah, have to was... ask you, there are people that are saying, you know, oh, Max should be in the A. Does that add pressure to you to do better? No, not really. I mean, I understand it. You know what I mean? Just kind of based on history, but... I mean, we're in recent times, so right. you know, just because I was good when I was twelve doesn't mean I should be in the A division now. You know? I think too, anytime that somebody starts off hot in this league, that's what I'm noticing. Immediately, right. people are going to start questioning, and as we add more and more divisions, it's it's unavoidable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I'm averaging like one thirteen or something through yeah. three matches. And there's a few guys. Well, I mean, we already have a few six hundreds thrown. Yeah, there's, so. there's plenty there around there, which is great to see. You know, yeah, I, mean, I feel absolutely. like people get up for it, but. Um, you know that's part of it, and yeah. I, I love it. I love the so, fact that I'm, I'm involved with it, and you guys are doing it. So, so, so Dan, there, there's your in. You might as well just get your question out of the way now. <laughs> Mac, have you ever thrown a 700? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a few of them. Yes, I have. A few. Um, so it's been a while, though. So that's a few it's, more than Jeremy has. It's a few more than me. Yes. Yeah, I think 99% of them are at Park Place, the old Park Place. <laughs> there was one at Woburn, um, but that was about it. Yeah, really. I was just looking at one through some of the old head-to-head league stats that Jeremy and I were talking about. Yeah, um, it was like 2009 or, or, or eight or something like that. I, I threw one against Mark Ricci at, at Woburn, and um, I think that was it, though. You know, it's been a good, solid Baker's dozen full of years since that's happened. Yeah, and that and the head-to-head league is something I want to get into. But first, I mean, you <clears> mentioned <throat> your your youth success in the tournament. I mean, I think what were you like a 72 time. ICBA champion or whatever it is. Like I swear to God, like whenever we get that pamphlet every year, I'd go through it and then it had the past winners. It was at least like five, six in a row. It seemed like. 
you know, it was a lot, but in my mind then it wasn't enough. I was angry. Everybody, everyone hated me. Honest to God. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I'm friends with now that they said you were bowling back then. Nobody liked you because you just, it didn't matter. You were always upset. You always wanted to do better. You know what I mean? And they're, they're not wrong. I mean, that, that, that was kind of how my mentality was back then. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it was a good, it was a good youth. I had a few scholarships, a lot of trophies that my dad threw away. And, uh, yeah, I have a lot of good memories from back then. So, so how did, how did you get into the game? You know, I was thinking about like how to answer that question because it's kind of funny. I think I was the youngest, right. Out of three. And my parents found a way to kind of drop me off at a, a, like a, a really close friend's house every day. And they used to take care of me <laughs> while my parents worked and they lived right next to park place. So I just found myself down there. You know what I mean? As a kid, I found myself in the, in the just bowling before I could even get in the leagues because I wasn't old enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I was fortunate to have Carol Downey, you know, be one of the one of the greatest female bowlers of all time, to uh, be the coach at the time. And she took me under her wing and really just changed my whole my, my life. When you think of it, I mean, bowling kind of as for a lot of us, bowling becomes our life. Right. In, in a sense, yeah. not not com- becomes our life, but it's a huge part of it. And, well, it becomes uh, a family I can't imagine too. what I'd be doing without it. So I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, like like Danny just said, I mean, it, it's like a second family. Yeah, yeah, it's a second family, you know. And I, and I, and I moved away from my second family a few times over the years, mm-hmm. and it hurts. So I, I, I find myself coming back, and I don't, I don't think I'll be going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> well, Jason Spart asked, why did you come back when nobody really wanted you to? solid question jay uh i feel like um for a lot of teams i'm there for moral support so i i know a few a few of the teams that just like having me there to kind of help coach and cheer everybody on and take up a nice big spot on the bench so going back to your youth bowling when at what age did you really start realizing like you're one of the top bowlers in your group um probably when i was about eight or nine somewhere in that in that area yeah no it it was early and i was bowling up with a lot of the older kids uh chris harwood joey Mello, scott bradish i was always looking up to those guys um bradish there's a name from the past yeah there's a name from the past he's bowling again now oh nice but it was i'm hearing uh, more and more names where people are like oh yeah they're coming back which is really cool to hear isn't it cool yeah you know what i mean i think it's awesome i think it happens to a lot of guys there's like a little lull in their lives and i don't know if it's family related probably and then um you know, they miss the competition and, and their friends too much. So you know, yeah. we all find ourselves back here again. But, um, yeah, so that's – yeah, so I'm sorry. Back to when I was a kid. Um, I don't know what it was. I just started I just started bowling well, you know, when I was really young and winning tournaments. And uh, I was obsessed with it. I was at the lanes probably five or six days a week. I was just finding a way to get there and hang out with the, with the adults just to be around them and surround myself with the, with the environment, which I thought was amazing. Um, you know, I have a whole list of names I kind of jotted down early cause I knew I'd forget everybody, but people that I just really love being around and uh, you know, going back to my normal life was kind of boring. I just wanted to be back at the lanes. No, no. Did you watch the, uh, obviously did you watch the shows on the weekends? Did I watch the shows on like, TV? Like the, like the bowling shows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, religiously. With the same woman that was kind of my – she was my kindergarten teacher slash – I call her my grandmother. But, yeah, we would sit and watch every Saturday and Sunday. Um, had a few favorites. I always cheered for Tim Lipke. He was just – he was just my number one. I don't know what it was, if it was his style or his beautiful Afro-type hair he had back then or whatever he had going <laughs> on. But he was so solid. Um and luckily, I got to work with him later on, right before he left Londonderry Bowling Center. I got to work with him for a little bit and get to know him. So that was kind of special for me. But, yeah, guys like Lipke, um, you know, Babe, Cookie, all guys that were Park Place guys that I could see on TV and I thought were bigger than life. So That's one of the cool things about this game, I think, is you grow up watching these guys. And then you go to, you know, maybe 18, 19 years old, you start pulling WCBC Pro stuff. And now you're bowling those guys that you were watching on TV. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little intimidating, kind of scary, actually. You know, see, the first pro I met was Jeremy, and he's like five foot even, so it wasn't super intimidating. It's true. <laughs> he's like I the mean, same height as Cookie. That's kind of <laughs> I mean, I used to be like five foot two, but that was when I had hair, yeah. so the, like the lack of hair kind of cut down on the height. And five three if you add his vertical. 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> vertical, which we saw. We saw that on TV, we didn't we? It. Dude, they put that in a commercial, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> they did put that in a commercial. I remember seeing you jump. Your belly came up. I saw your belly button. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad that they made fun of me, like, in the next string. Like, John Holt literally said, well, he ain't going to be winning any records with that leap. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, come on. John Holt. That's a name from the past. Oh, so was that God. one of your goals when you were a kid where you were looking at that going, I'm going to be on TV beating these guys one of these days? Yeah, man. I can remember sitting at home just practicing my bowling style like a weirdo in my living room and just saying out loud, I'm good. Yeah, you did the same I, thing. I, I, same just, thing. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best. I know it. And and then, you know what I mean? Those were pipe dreams. But that's kind of how my, I thought back then. Um, I remember getting, um, you know, it was, I was, I was doing well. And I remember getting letters from the New Hampshire governor. He would send letters like saw your information in the newspaper. Congrats on all your awesome bowling, you know, keep it up type of thing, which didn't happen, but he had the right intentions. Um, you know what I say? It's not like it didn't happen. It's just the competition became incredible, right? You, you, you go from, you go from these teenagers that you seem like you're able to not walk over, but you know, I mean, it was good competition back then. There's a lot of really good kids who are adults now, but then you jump into a scenario where there's a hundred guys who have been on TV their whole lives, and uh, you know, they're mentally prepared for it. And you're just not at that point. You just don't know what hit you as you step yeah. into that, that line. They're not going to get shook by the 18 year old kid walking through the door. Yeah, I know, right? It's like this. They they all knew I was I was good, but I was also a hothead. So like, all right, here comes this asshole. <laughs> like, let's let's see how he, how good he does when he's thrown under the limelight here, you know. Um, so no, it was it was quite a challenge. So I've uh, no, you know what? I'll, I'll never second guess it. Doesn't matter that my success didn't carry over individually to to what I wanted it to be. I mean, this game changed my life and. All the memories I have are, are, you know, everything that I remember. So, I would, I wouldn't, cha- I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I, I might change one tournament just to have like a title, but other than that, I wouldn't change anything. Well, uh, Tim, Tim Matero actually asked a question, and it's kind of relevant to what you were just saying. You know, basically, with all the success you had in the juniors, did you think it would translate into an easier time mm-hmm. uh, once you got into the adults? And what advice would you give the younger generation that has had some early success? Uh, rather juniors or early adults and how to, how to sustain this success. It's a, I thought it was a great question. You know, um, and surprisingly, I mean, Tim came up with a well thought out, you know, that was the most surprising. Surprisingly, thing. Like, <laughs> like I, I started reading it and I was like, well, this is going to go off the F and deep end because Tim with me is usually like that. But no, I thought he brought up a great point. Um, and somebody said, how, you know, how can you, can you believe that Matero said, I was like, no, I, I can believe it because it's true and it's realistic. And it's not. I'm not the only one, right? I'm not the only kid who came through with some, some success and then got to the to the senior circuit, senior <laughs> senior circuit, the adult circuit. That's and, a um, fast jump. Yeah, I know, right? I'm almost there. Believe me. Um, but it, it's it's true. I mean, it's it's a mentality thing, and I I try to think like, oh, you know, what what happened? I mean, it's close a bunch of times. You know what I mean? It was like, very competitive. And I don't know how you define what's a successful career. Like, do you have to have so many wins and victories and pro events to consider it successful or feel like you've done well or not? I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's how we're all defined as bowlers, right? We're all defined on our accomplishments, but I kind of look at it like, are you competitive? Are you there all the time? Yeah, you are. You're tough to beat. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, That's a conversation they're going to even have to make about hall of fame because everything is driven on TV. Yeah, everything was driven on TV, right? TV and and state tournaments. I mean, what I mean, what's going on with the mass state tournament? I mean, that's kind of turned into a it, dumpster fire, for lack of better words. I mean, when you look at some of these accomplishments, I think you need to look at what the competition was. Just because there were seven guys that pulled singles that year and they won the title, it's like, well, I won the title. Great. You know what I mean? You, right. You did beat out six guys, but there were probably 30 other tournaments that were more competitive that year that was, yeah, was right. harder to win. But if you if you go back to you know the mid '80s and you if you went across like five years, say like the second half of the '80s and you came out with one WCBC victory, I consider that a success. Yeah, I think w, yeah, Pro Tour for sure. That's huge success. 
you know, that was kind of, um, that was just falling off as I was, as I was getting in. I, I did bowl a few of the, the old WCBC events when I was a teenager in my early twenties, but it kind of just shut down once, once channel five went off, you know, it kind of, it followed it. Um, yeah, I mean, but. I started, my first year was 2000, 2001. And I mean, there was still a good amount of guys. I, I want to say it was close to a hundred guys, like yeah. maybe 80, yeah. 80 to a hundred. It was still very yeah. competitive. And then I want to say by like, Oh, four, Oh five. Like that's when it just kind of really started to drop off. Right. I mean, it was just, they were all what five string events at that point, total pinfall wins, which was cool. No, uh, that was, no, that was before me, but I, I only bowled 10 stringers. Oh yeah, so that started a little, a little later. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. You're right. They they went they went to five strings and then they, they yeah. realized, eh, okay. This yeah, no, it's ten, you're right. It was ten. The senior was five. Seniors yeah. were five. Um but no, I mean, you know, we're, I think we're lucky to have all the different formats we have now to kind of switch it up a little bit. You know, the ten stringers are cool and stuff, but um so I mean, you yeah. the pro series that we know now, I mean, yeah. you had a big hand in it. It was I believe it was you, Sorette, uh Danny Allard barber and zappy right that's right yeah those were the first five um i was just reading something that i had written on that to kind of jar my memory but i still yeah, have that a- globe i still have that globe uh right up yeah i was, I was just looking at those pictures um at lucky strike lane with, with Sorette being you know the in the limelight there but i was um, about to say Sorette taking all your spotlights right there yeah i know right <laughs> I forget that was titled like King of the Lanes or King of something in the, yeah, in the it had, his, it had his face all over it. I know, I know. And then you, you then you have like some little pictures of you guys over there. Yeah, just look at these little <laughs> little minions in the back. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So that started. I mean, that was just that was kind of in the in the making for a couple of years, right? We would bowl together on Fridays. We had all these tournaments, and we were just thinking, like, you know, why don't we get something together? Why don't we? You know, we had a lot of pull back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, as far as just kind of being in the center of the game. So, I mean, I was in the midst of just being obsessed with the game still. So I was all about organizing, you know, Danny, yep. you do a lot of that now. Cheech has done, there's been a bunch of guys that have jumped in and just wanted to be hands-on. And I was one of those guys back then. Um, well, back to what you were saying about states and how there was more competitive tournaments, probably the same weekend. I think all the competitive tournaments pretty much are bowl or run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're all they were all bowler run. I was looking at some of the numbers from these tournaments. I mean, we had 50, 50, 55 doubles teams, you know, 110 guys in the singles events. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the names, same names you see now. It was just crazy turnout, um, which just told me everyone was hungry for it. There was a lull, right, from when Channel Five and and the Pro Tour kind of fizzled. You know, sometime around two thousand three, four, five in that area to two thousand ten, there was really not a lot going on. So. I think the bowlers were hungry for it. It just right. needed I mean, people to run yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you had Channel 50. You still had Channel 50 till about 2005. Yeah. Um, but then the Comcast show kind of overlapped for a few years. So, I mean, there was still TV roll-offs to chase, which I think kept a lot of the guys into it. And then I think once Comcast went off and they were bought out by uh, Comcast Sportsnet or whatever, and then it's yeah. like, yeah, we can't, we can't afford to keep the show. And that's when I think, you know, you're, like Carrington, like those guys are just like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. That seemed to be the end of that, that era for a lot of those guys, mm. uh, sadly, because that's what, you know, how we grew up. <laughs> oh, exactly. It just makes you feel old to be like, those guys are done. And now we're the older guys or we're going to be the older guys. Soon. Um, but it's, like I, I joke around. So the guys at work all, you know, they all know that I'm, I'm a bowling nerd. And so they're like, oh, so like you got to be like one of the elder statesmen now, right? Like you're not this young guy. And I'm like, yeah. I said, it's like that Simpsons episode where Abe Simpson is like under a tree. And they're like, oh, look, an old man is talking. <laughs> old man is talking. I know, like, right? All the gray hair and shit. It's just, you're receiving hairline clearly. I, have gray I mean, I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure when I met you, I had a full head of hair. Now my you forehead is, hair. Is, is like glaring everybody in the face. I know. I know. I'm going to circle back to something that happened between you and I a long time ago. That was pretty cool. But um, to get back to your point about the pro series, uh, a name from the past that not a lot of people probably know now just because he's not around a lot. But Sammy D'Agostino was was involved Mm -hmm. in that pro series committee, Um, ended up not being on it just because he didn't think he had the time commitments, family reasons or whatever else. But he had a lot of good input, you know, and, and ideas that helped us shape what it was. 
Um, just didn't end up being on the committee, but you know, bowled for for years on on the, the tour. So, um, and then and then Jim Jim Putney came in. Yeah, Danny Allard um, had to you know at some point I think he just decided he wasn't going to be on the committee, but was still around. But and Jimmy Putney came in, and um, he was he was full steam ahead. You know, he was ready to go. He, he I think he had about God I don't know I think he had about 19 years off. Uh, yeah. In, be- in between when he kind of resigned. And and just dedicated himself to his family, and then he wanted to get back into it. Didn't he throw a 190 on the first pro first first string of the first First string of the yeah? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he barely made the cut, but he didn't throw a 190. (laughs) Um, No, he bowled really good that day. Allard ended up winning that tournament. I think it was over Pete. Peter Pereira in the finals, um, you know, and everyone's like rigged. And the committee member wins the first event. It was at but, Cape Ann, uh, right? Yeah, it was at Cape Ann. They were a ton yeah. of 700s. It was like six or yeah, seven or something that. like that. The place was flying that day. Quick, quick, wow. Sammy, Sammy, one thing before you like, I, I, before I forget, I'm disappointed because I literally work about 700 feet from Sammy's house and he has yet to stop by and say hi to me. He's a hermit, you know. I mean, I don't know. Ever since he just he likes the bowl, but then he doesn't like the bowl. He's just one of those. I, I don't, you know, never understood. He doesn't where have his the bowl. You know what? He could step outside his house and and, and freaking wave at me. He's like, yeah. hey, yeah, what's he going doesn't on? come out. No. I can see your house from my desk. Come on. You know, he's more likely to to give you this before he is to wave. <laughs> <That's you. true. laughs> That's true. Uh, Sammy's the best. They have a lot of good stories and memories with him, being teammates with him, and uh, yeah, I grew everything. I grew up on the the Monday Night League at Fairway because it was him and a bunch of Waltham guys, like mm-hmm. just a bunch of house bowlers. And, mm-hmm. You know, he he and I always got along really well. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, he was a he was a great teammate too. It was a lot of fun. Mm. I actually introduced him to his wife. You know, I saw a picture of their kid today on Facebook, and I was just scrolling. I go. Well, you can thank me for your life because you wouldn't be here without, <laughs> without that connection. Um, I can't funny, believe right? how big – I can't believe how old they are. I know. I know. I don't think they bowl. I'm not sure if they bowl or not, but they're athletes. You know, I was about to say they're big into ball. like baseball and softball. Baseball and softball, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think Sammy was a pretty good baseball player though too, and I think Trish was an athlete. So mm-hmm. doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. So many names. I have, I, have so a lot of, I, I have a lot of names here that I, I was I wrote down just to kind of just to reminisce, you know, from back in the day at Park Place, and I knew you had talked about um, getting Big Show on one of these one of these podcasts. I, I, I gotta I gotta get Big Show on here. Just just I, even if he could just read aloud one of his newsletters. Oh, there, that, there are no. There's not a better storyteller. In the game. There really isn't, but it has to be in, like, even on, like, on paper, it is amazing. But if you get, like, even I ran into him at at one of those, like, friggin', like, Comic Con conventions, right? Like, I just happened, huh? Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're running into him, you're in trouble. So, like, you know, I, I see his head, like, over, uh, like, a shelf or whatever, because he's, like, you know, nine feet tall. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was like, oh my! I said to my wife, I'm like, oh my god, it's 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 Big Show, and of course, like her mind goes like, like the wrestler, like he's here. I'm like, no, no, no. So yeah. I go and I see him, and he sits there and he starts telling a story just like out of nowhere, and just had me in stitches on the floor. Dude, like, he's it, the best, and he, he remembers every detail too. He does. So you get him on a podcast, and he will spit out some stories that nobody else even remembers. But he's got them yeah. all logged up here. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do that someday. Um, there's a lot of guys like that. Kaliri, right? I mean, at the forum, there's a shot named after Bobby Kaliri now. Paul Grant, I don't even know if Paul Grant knows Bob Kaliri, but he calls it the Kaliri. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's it's known. I mean, we everyone's been calling it that for as long as I can yeah. remember. Yeah, it's probably been 15 years, easy, 16, 17 years, something like that. But uh, it's funny to see some of these things stick around, right? You feel like it makes you, it makes you feel ancient. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the Kaliri form itself, like literally my, my day at work. Would, would consist of like I'd bring my laptop to work and I would keep it off in like the little conference room that they had and then like every 45 minutes half an hour to 45 minutes I'm like oh I gotta check to see like you know who posted what who posted what and it's like oh yep. did Nugent put out his rankings yet and, like and like and it was just like all day like I would just sit there and get nothing done except for checking what was going on in the glory form. <laughs> We spent far too much time on that forum, but we didn't have the Facebook groups or anything. We didn't have social media. 
you know, and there was no way for us. To, it was actually a way for us to try to build the tournament participation was through something online because yeah. otherwise we had to, I had to call people or, or, t- or you yeah, know, who does that? Wasn't even really as good as, was, <laughs> who call, I know, right? Who calls Nobody people? calls anybody anymore. Um, like, that's that's how we had to get participation was to either call them or they found it on the Kaleri form or an email or something like that. It was the old boy form. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, <laughs> the ancient boy form. <laughs> oh my God, I've thought about that. Oh, wow. Um, Even Danny knows the void form. I think about it because that's how we got the uh, first Out on the Bear uh, advertised because there was no Candlepin chat back then. Yeah, there was nothing. Get a whopping right. 19 people sign up. Yeah, and it, it was it was um, it was a form. I mean, it was a fun form, right? We had a lot of we had a lot of good times, a lot of talking shit. Um, but people were sometimes scared because it was just drama. You know, if somebody said something. Yeah. Everyone would run with it and be like, "Look, look who started trouble!" <laughs> I thought it was great. Just speak your mind. But I mean, if it was the but in that forum, like if you were part of that, like you knew you should have known not to take it seriously, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And most I mean, didn't, right? Most didn't, right? I mean, it was just basically uh, like you said to give each other shit and just just spew nonsense. Yeah, and they, and they were not like Todd Strangio wasn't a bowler, but he was on there. There were people that weren't involved with bowling who he, were just he bowled a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he wouldn't consider. He remember he was the non bowler. That's how he always oh, that, oh, that's termed right. himself, or the unbowler. I think he said. Um, <laughs> that's right. But there was other stuff too. It wasn't just bowling, right? It was just everyday life stuff that we would talk about on there, which was kind of cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. How times have transcended now? Huh? We had twenty five groups on Facebook and multiple posts about the same thing. It takes all day to catch up. I, I mean, it, 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 you, you see, I'll run the bear, I'll run the bear, I'll run the bear, I'll run the bear. Post, post, poll. Hey, let's add a few polls here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not sure who does that, but, you know. He's like, it's been five minutes since my last post, guys. I apologize. I'm going to go ahead and throw this one out there. I'm going to do a poll and see if we need to do another poll soon. We should check. <laughs> I mean, in, in fairness, I, I, I mean, he, he does get a good turnout for for, for out run the bear. So I, I can't complain too much. You keep doing what you're Somebody doing. Somebody didn't believe in it. I told him the idea sucked. <laughs> it's all in the name. It's once you change the name is when the success like skyrocketed. If you were to start it without Run the Bears, the yeah, name, I forget. would have supported it. I forget. I forget how that name came to be. Well, you, you just said somebody was like, oh, you don't have to be the slowest. You don't have to be the fastest, just not the slowest. Yeah, I wish I could remember who said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Curious. Wonder who. Oh, God. So so you 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 mentioned something that happened between the two of us. I'm curious now what that was. Oh, yeah. So thinking back to all these money matches that are happening now, right? I, was it a Kaliri form thing? I'm not even sure. I probably was just being some pompous ass. And, and, and oh, was it, it was just like a $100 match, right? I think it was like 150 bucks or 100. Yeah. It was 100. It was 100, I think. But and I just you, put like, who wants to bowl for money? Like, I'll take on anybody. Let's bowl for money. And no, Jeremy sure was just that, like, that, you know, that, I'm in. I'll do it. Come down to fairway. So that, that's, it happened. I mean, it to be happen. fair, he he came down to fairway and you know, stomped a hole and like on my face. But <laughs> I don't think it was stomped. I mean, it was a good match. It, it was a good match. But I just but remember it, like the next day, you know, like, oh, you know, I just, you know, I see on the Clary phone, oh, you know, bold Jeremy. The match was like 597 to 578, blah, 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 dot, dot, dot. Next. I was like, oh, anybody else? Because that was a little easy. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> you had a bunch of, I want to say you, you had to have done like seven or eight of those matches. Uh, individually, I, I only bowled against you and Starner. Uh, I bought Starner for like 150 bucks or something back then, uh, but then we turned it into some doubles matches. Oh, okay. and I started bowling. I started bowling with Zappy, and we took on you know we took on the the Meltdown Twins a couple times. For some money, <laughs> yeah, so we we had a lot of good times back there. But you know, nothing was streamed and no commentary to to catch all the all the crap talking we were doing to each other. But we, we had a good time with it. So I feel like those two right there would be a dynamite commentary team. Don't you think so? Don't you I'm think calling so? It out to get together individually, they'd be fucking horrible. Together, <laughs> absolutely perfect. Absolutely. So I feel like <laughs> Stu, I know you're listening. You, 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 and you and Guns have to get together and just call a match. I, I don't care who it's event against. Just it would be just gold. They wouldn't even call the match. They would just talk about the stories of 
how much they've loved each other over the years and bowled <laughs> together in all their matches and reminisce about the golden ages. And and Hammer would talk about when he was, you know, in his mid twenties back in like nineteen sixty five. <laughs> and uh, you know, which would be probably better than their commentary on the match, anyway. So I would much rather listen to that. But wasn't it in the it, New England Candlepins that Skip said he grew up watching Stu on TV? Yeah, oh. Skip, Skip grew up watching Stu. Everybody grew up watching Stu. Oh my God! People now are still well. You shouldn't. No, I can't. I don't. I don't want to mess with him. But he 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 busts his own balls about how he. Uh, you know, he's he's in his sixties now. You know, of course, he's not going to throw the ball like he did. But I still like to make fun of him, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, but he he gets he still gets upset. Like 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 he knows he's not there, but he feels like he should be, and you know, it, it's it's bothersome. I mean, this well, is bothering. But he's kept in shape like he's a thirty-year-old yeah. his entire life, right? Like nobody else takes care That's of him. That's true. I mean, he could he could probably kill you seven different ways. He can kill you seven different ways still. <laughs> yes, um, there's a lot of bowlers that he, he's thought about over the years. He, he would tell me like, I want to fuck this guy up, but um, yeah, good stuff with Stu. Stu was one of my all-time favorites. He wanted me. He was telling me about uh, the podcast, and he wanted me to <laughs> tell you guys a story about one of the years we were at the Worlds. I forget where we were. Had to be somewhere away from here, but you know, I'd probably been, I was probably drunk and I needed a place to stay, right? And those two had a room together, and I was like, guys, I need a place to stay. Can I stay with you? You know, you're two of my best friends. And they were like, yeah, Matt, come on in. Don't, don't you worry. Like, we got, you know, we got some space. So I proceeded to go into their room, lay down and instantly pass out and snore at decibels that you haven't even heard. And they, <laughs> they took a video of it because neither, neither one of them slept an ounce that night, the entire night. And they had to bowl the next day, and they got a little video of Stu just going, "Oh Mac, oh Mac, this is so adorable. You're just gonna sleep with us, and you're just gonna sleep like a little mouse." He said, <laughs> "You can make any noise whatsoever, but you won't shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> like, all night long, it happened, and he couldn't get me to shut up. It was just in the morning. I remember waking up and looking at him, and he was just staring at me. And I'm like, "Hey, hey, man, what's up?" And you sleep well. He was, he was ready to kill me. He was ready to kill me. Oh my god! One of the best nights for me, anyways. I was. I had a great night. I was, say, I was you, about you to say slept you slept like, like a baby. baby. Yeah, I slept <laughs> like a little mouse. And, and and that's you know another thing. Like worlds is you know that's coming up, and it's it's a week like no other. I mean, it's it's our Super Bowl. It's everything that we look forward to. I mean, we're already planning for the next year by the end of Friday. Yeah. You, you, yep. you know, and what are, I mean, you just mentioned that story, but like, what what are some of your other favorite world stories? Oh boy. I mean, I started young. I started when I was 17, I was able to go up um, with Mike Poole and a bunch of guys back then. Uh, Rich Clark. Is that, is that New Hampshire uh, All-Stars or? Yeah, it was, it's probably your first team too, right? Um, uh, well, Rich, no, well, I was on total chaos, which oh, was, right. okay. which was rich Clark. It was, it was, yeah. it was Clark Winchell, Scotty Creighton. I love Scotty. Yes. I miss, yeah, Scotty Creighton. Yeah. I, I miss him. Um, um, feast Chester Cove, Peter Pereira. I, we had a great team. Yeah. I forgot you were on the team before you were with pool and two. That's right. Um, but there was a good team. It was Billy Coffold, Mike pool and Steve Adney. Um, God, uh, Jeremy, have you ever bowled on the same team two years? Me? No. Well, the problem is I went up like twice and then like Helen was just like, you can never go again. I'm like, God damn it. But since well, I've known you, you've been on three different teams. Yeah, well, right. yeah, well. So um, <laughs> the, the funny so the funny part about this, this team was, uh, you know, we sucked, right? We were terrible. And Poulin was just beside himself. He couldn't believe he had such a shitty team that year because he's used to being in the playoffs and in the finals. And at the end of the year, he fired everyone. And that's how he termed it, fired. Like we were he, was, he, went Florida, he, he went 97 Florida Marlins. <laughs> yeah, he did. He just he gutted us and picked up guys like you and Doucette and, you know. but uh, Steve, Steve I mean, Plant. Steve, yeah, oh yeah, Steve Plant was in that team too. No, I forgot he was on. He was on my my first team as well. One of the best. Stevie Stevie took me under his wing for years. But um, so that was. I mean, that was the beginning. Uh, you know, I was on a lot of good teams. After that, I bowled with Bradish. Uh, we had, you know, we we were kind of and Kaliri and Big Show back then. Um, and then kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say 
move to better teams. But, you know, you find teams that are that make the playoffs and, and teams break up and things like that. So I bowled with Sammy for a while. And then um, I've been, Crazy Train was probably my first real memory because that was with Ganj and, uh, and Mark Ricci and Haji, Kustak, a few of those guys. And we made the finals in 09. You know, and I was beside myself. You know, I'd never even been in the playoffs, I think, before that. I think Bovair and McKinley were on that team too, I believe. And we made it we made it all the way to the finals and lost to um to McLaughlin truck and trailer. You might you might have heard of them. Well, I mean they uh, they won the I wanna say early two thousands, they won like what, three in a row? Four, I think. We won was four. it four? Four in a row. Yeah, we were in the middle of that. Well, no, that was we were one after. They won four and then they won a few here and there. Yeah. Um you know, there are a lot of good memories, a lot of funny memories, great times with the guys. But I think personally, I think one of my favorite favorite moments was with um, with Fenway somewhat recently, maybe like seven or eight years ago. And we were in the playoffs and we were in Canada and we were bowling against the Graff brothers, which was Cody Bork, Sean Dion, a Kansas Snow came back to bowl yep. uh, on this team. And I didn't bowl the first game, right? And we were down 75, I think, after one. And I came off the bench and then it went 155, 157 with with a huge, just a huge double in the last two boxes as it came down to it. I mean, it was like single digits or something like that. And I just remember coming off the lane and Norm Pelletier just, it was like dirty dancing, right? I just did like the jump into his arms and he just lifted me up. <laughs> and I, and then he head, fell over because he's like, and then, my height. Yeah, and then I crushed him. <laughs> um, and we ended up holding on to that match, you know what I mean? And going to going to Saturday and, and making a deep run, which which was a lot of fun. But you know, those feelings, there's nothing like those feelings. You know, you just, you're just lost on the lanes, like lost in your head because you know, you're locked in. Um, you know, I mean, that was, that was one of the best memories. I've, I've lost three times in the finals. I was telling somebody that today. I'm like, I'm over three in the finals, but you feel blessed just to get there sometimes. So yeah, uh, hopefully one of these years we can come out on top. No, I, I, I agree. Um, so you're, you're, you're Fenway. Are you still bowling for, Fenway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't bowl so, last year. I didn't bowl last year, but I'm back with Joey and the, and yeah. the guys this year. Your your team, like, I guess, is like the essence of like the the era that I grew up in because it's like it's like you. I don't know. Is Doucette still with you guys? Yep. Doucette, I mean, like like Pastor, Stu, like all the like that's that was like my era. It is, you know, it, it. I I miss miss those times, and it's. <laughs> I don't know. I, so it's, it's 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 that doesn't happen by accident, right? I mean, Stu Stu's been on the team for years. He doesn't bowl much now, but he's usually still there. And I, I found this out a long time ago, you know, because I, I was bowling with some of the better bowlers, and you know, whether we win or not, I didn't always have fun, you know, yeah. and it, it just became too serious. It was just everything was bowl focus on the bowling, focus on the scores and the results. And if we lost, you, it was like you had to automatically be in a bad mood. And that changed. I just, I started bowling with guys and I realized I was really enjoying being out there with win or lose. Right. But always competitive. Uh, But I learned how to lose. And it took me until I was probably 30 years old to actually learn that. Yeah. Uh, I've punched uh, so many things. I've hurt myself a bunch of times over the years, but learning to come off the lanes and just realize it's okay. I was out there with my best friends. (laughs) We gave it our best shot. You know, we competed, and I'll never go back to anything else. I'll, I'll never leave, at least in the big tournaments and, and and the things that mean a lot to us all. I'll never leave the guys that I've been closest with, yeah. you know, just to, even if some of the, and oh, it's going to happen, right? But even if some <laughs> some of the teams were like, some of the, like the top teams were just like, Mac, we need a bowl this year. No, I would never, I would never jump ship and leave Joey and the guys that I've been close with for the last decade. It just means, it means way more to me. Because I want to win with them, right? If I win, I exactly. want to win with those guys. I don't want to win with anybody else. Now, Danny has the awesome task of taking on the entire AS, ACST. Now, what? how did you come up with the idea of the head-to-head league initially, you know, 2007, 2008? That's a great question. I don't remember last week, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just something different. Like that was that was when we were starting to come up with the ideas for the pro series. Yep. So the idea of all these singles tournaments, the head-to-head bracket, you know, formations that we were doing back then, I was just like, why can't we do this for a league, right? And right. the best part was it's not a it's not a scheduled time. 
because I think originally we were trying to figure out what night could we do this in singles league. That's but still a just, conversation it, to this day. Yeah, I mean, right. But like, then it's, it's just it never going to happen. Day. <laughs> never going to happen, right? We all have too much to do. And if you want to get the best involved, not the best, but if you want to get the most involved, um, I think you had to do it the way that it's done now yeah. and how we did it then, right? right? Just schedule your own matches, do it whenever. Nobody cares. Um, and then, yeah, and then some of the cool stats that we kept back then just to kind of put a different emphasis on, on things. So like you said, you, you really liked – I used to keep track of your 10 percentage. So out of all your open boxes, all your open frames, what, what percentage were 10s? I love that just because I was I always consider myself a a really good pinner. So most important ball is your third ball, right? It it was a way for me to track, you know, how you know how I was doing. Right. And I I think it I think it kind of have people strive, you know, on that third ball is a little more than like we all didn't try on our third ball, but now when you know you're being analyzed. Um, I think people just kind of paid attention to it a little more. And I know it helped me. I know I, I was a little more focused on that third ball. Yeah, but that was a good league. I have a lot of the stats for that, and I was thinking of putting some of those on the um, on the Facebook groups. Just some of the old matches. I was just looking up one with you and Bougie. I <laughs> I had to laugh. I just randomly uh, clicked on it. I'll, I'll bring it up again in a minute. But you bowled. Oh no, you bowled Timmy Goodwin. All right, and you were oh, up at, 40, at Academy, right? At Academy, and you were up forty going in the last game, and you lost by right? seventeen. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, not to bring it up. I don't want to sour grapes, yeah, fine. but uh, yeah, I think you went, you went eighty-eight, and he went 140, 140 145 yeah, or something cool. like that. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird one. Actually, one of my favorite favorite memories. I, I bowled Barber at at Lucky. I walk in, like walk off the street. I mean, I I never liked bowling at Lucky up until this point and i walk in i threw like a 166 or a 167 first string i forget what dave threw i mean it wasn't anything like terrible or you know fantastic but he had one of those moments where he kicked the ball rack there's a league going on like three lanes over (laughs) yeah he kicks the ball rack balls go like flying over into the middle of this league And and he just he just calmly goes over, picks up each ball, puts them back on the rack, and then he just continued on like nothing ever happened. What else can he do? I mean, no, I know, but (laughs) you just got to act like it didn't even happen. Uh, It was just so it was just so funny. It was like it was like front kick balls, douche, and then he just he just picks them up, puts them back on the rack, continues to bowl. You just reminded me of a meltdown I had at Central Park uh, during the Friday League a long time ago. I feel like there's a lot of meltdowns at Central Park. I mean, I have a list of my meltdowns just so I can. Um, but this was their uh, their ball racks aren't the most secure, right? At Central, they're a little wobbly, but you know, I, I probably shanked something and I just intentionally just leaned into the ball rack. I was just. I mean, they're seven. So they're seventy-five years old. I know. I know. I, uh, I put my all my body weight in. Every ball fell off and just started drifting over to the next ball rack. <laughs> Unlike Barber, who's classy, I just sat there and I'm like, "Fuck it, these guys will get it, right?" <laughs> and I just picked up. I just picked up. I, I had one ball in my hand that I had taken off the rack before I knocked him off, and I just threw my next ball. As all the balls are going over the line and towards the next ball rack, I didn't pick up one ball. I just I finished my third ball and I walked off the lane and. I, <laughs> And everybody's just fucking dying laughing, right? They were just dying laughing at me. But yeah, that was just it, What's that? I just love that you can like, like <laughs> I would have made more sense if you just walked away. <laughs> I know. I mean, it wouldn't even surprise me if I had a good game going. That's just how I was so box to box or ball to ball. Yeah. You had a bad box. I was just going to have a little meltdown in the middle of it. Then you look God, up and you're like, dude, you just threw like a 166. You're like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I really that box sucked. sucked. I know, right? Um, so I'll give you a couple, two, two of my favorite bowling moments of all time. And then, I, I mean, if you don't, if you don't mind, I'll run through a few of these unfavorite little meltdown moments that I had that I'm sure a lot of people remember and, and witnessed. Um, but favorite moments of all time was one time Jimmy Putney. I think it was the first season of the Pro Series, and we had the playoffs at Pilgrim. And he called me up and he said, "Let's go practice at Pilgrim. Let's go, you know, let's have a little match, three strings." Always down. Let's go, right? So we go to Pilgrim and we just get two lanes, just him and I. And we fight. <laughs> he beat me in the last box, 461 to 458. 
for our for our three string match, right? And it was like we were, it was like we wanted to kill each other, and we were just in practice, right? And it was no, it wasn't even like good shot, high five. No, it was like we wanted to destroy each other's existence. This was this was Channel Five. Like you're you're no high five, yeah. no nothing. It was right, and we were, we were we were really tight. You know, we became really good friends. Um, but it was years in that moment. You realize the numbers that were going on. You saw. You're like, oh, I gotta win this. Like, how am I? How do I possibly lose this match? And uh, I think I get like you. I think I was up like 30 going to the last game, and he threw like a 180 something and came back and beat me. So. Um, so yeah, that was that was one of, the, and I had the score sheet for that. I think I put it online a long time ago. I kept, you know, I put one of those meticulous little score sheets that I wanted to keep on that match, which was cool. God, I love Jimmy. Rest in peace, buddy. Um, Jimmy was a good dude. Oh, Jimmy was a great, dude. <laughs> fierce competitor, right? Just one of the best. Um, but the, yeah, the other one was was Godwin. We we were roommates at the time, and we had to bowl each other in, the, in a pro series knockout at Park Place, which was my comfort zone, right? Um, and he bowled there too, but we bowled a singles knockout match and it wasn't too bad. It wasn't streamed because this one would have been one for the ages, but I think I ended up beating like 172 to 166 or something like that. And, uh, never let him live it down. Right. We lived together. So I just go home and constantly like every day, just remind him like, Dave, you, you remember that? Remember that last week when, when you didn't have enough, when you just couldn't pull it out, Dave, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a long time. I didn't let him forget about that one. But, uh, you know, over the next 10 years, he decided to pour it on. So I think he's done okay for himself. Yeah, Davey's done all right. Yeah, he's done all right. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I, I still have to ask this question. Uh, Sonia Rossi wants to know, what role did you play in creating the Baby Shark theme song in 2019's Mix Worlds? You know, so I for think uh, I think for Halloween, for Halloween, my kids were, kids were young. And for Halloween, of course, right? The, your kids are young. They listen to that song. They obsess over it. So I was just going to go out and be a Baby Shark daddy type of thing. And I had a shirt. I had a baby shark shirt, you know, with the big face on it, the goofy right. face. And I don't know what happened. I think it was just a, a blurry night at the McKinley's, you know, which we had a lot of them. Uh, I was about to say, that doesn't seem shocking. No, it's, it's <laughs> some of the best nights, right? Uh, got a lot of hot tub stories. And then <laughs> I, I think I just wore the it's wrong the shirt. I'm not, what's that? It's going to be the app. After hours podcast. <laughs> oh, God, the X-rated pot, pot. Well, maybe not X-rated, but at least the R-rated. Um, I, I just think I wore the long, the wrong shirt. I think we had black shirt. I can't remember, but I just I had it on. It was the only. I just walked into bowling. I could barely see. You know what I mean? I was hungover as as as, as anything. But um, they just were like, "Are you just wearing the Daddy Shark shirt today?" And I was like, "I guess I'm wearing the Daddy Shark shirt." <laughs> and that song, I think it was every time we threw a strike, uh, we started singing it. Right. And then you guys threw a lot of strikes because hated us. What's that? I said, then you guys threw a lot of strikes because I was there as a as a watcher for the for that. Uh, it was the first mixed world I ever went to. Um, oh, was Kate it really? Was bowling, yeah, Kate was bowling on Hep's team that year. And I just remember that every I would say it was like every five minutes I, that baby shark theme was, was going it, off. Was that a park place? I think it was at park. Place, no, it was right? up at Bangor. It was in I was in Bangor. OK, that, that would make sense. Yeah. OK. Oh, well, that throws the whole story off. I guess we weren't at the McKinley's then. Um, but uh, either way, it was, a, it was a blurry morning. And, yeah, that's that's how I ended up. <laughs> Everybody hated us that day. I mean, Matero was just like, really? We're going to sing this all effing day? And I'm like, they were well, now that we know everyone hates it, yes. We're going to sing it all day. Yeah, they guys doubled down. Right. That was your weakness. Don't let us know you hate it, right? Now we're going to rub it in. Exactly. Um, you know, as we, you know, kind of we're, we're getting to the to the hour limit. Now, I noticed your daughter bowls quite a lot and she seems to be very good at it. Yeah, I mean, so far, right. She's just a natural athlete at this point. Yeah. But and she's she's just a beast. You know, everything she does, she's just this. I don't want to say muscly. She's sick. She's not muscly, yeah. but she's just a big girl. She got big hands. So the candle pin ball in her hand at six years old, when you look at a lot of the kids that she bowls with, they can barely hold on to her, right? She's just like palming it, like, what's up? Let's go. Yeah. Um, and she loves it, right? She likes to do anything that I do. So she's yeah. into baseball. She's into bowling. She wants to play guitar. She just wants to be dad at this point. So, I'm sure you, so you guys how, know that feeling. Yeah. I mean, my, my daughter's, I mean, she's going to be nine, but I mean, she's she's got tiny hands. So sometimes it's it's hard to 
hard for her to hold on to it. And of course, like the ones, the balls she insisted on getting, they only had available in two sevens. So yeah, my eight year old is just throwing two sevens. Throwing two sevens, <laughs> right? It's so, amazing. But like, how is it for you? Like, uh, like as a parent, obviously, I mean, because I know how I feel, and I'm sure it's the exact same way. Is you, you know, watching her bowl, like ha- watching her succeed, and just like being on that end of it for once. It's amazing, but I feel like she's going to peak when I did, you know, at like 10. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, hey, the sky's the limit for her. And I probably overcoach her and people sit there and watch me and I'm cons- yeah, I get yelled constantly- at. Oh, I get yelled at too. And I know, I'm, I, I know it's not what she wants. So I'm trying to back off it a little bit, but I just know that she has all the talent in the world. And even though she's six already, this sounds ridiculous. Yeah. It's like in her head, I know she knows what to do. So when she's not doing it, I'm just standing over like, what's wrong? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you not performing at six? <laughs> um, Daddy already has seven back. titles by six. <laughs> I did, right? I trophies, <laughs> money matches under my belt. Um, but no, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be able to watch her and just, just to see what she's done already. I mean, her high game is 94. And listen, if she was bowling at Park Place back in the day, her high game would probably be 135 right now. But it's yeah. a little different story depending on the lanes we bowl at. Um, yeah, I mean, she's consistently in the in the 70s and 80s. Um, she's just trying to work on her on her stride at this point and, and all the mechanics that come with it. But you know, it's hard at that point. So I love yeah. it, man. She, and as good as she is at bowling, she's even a little better at baseball. You've probably seen the videos I've put up. I've seen the, yeah, I've seen the videos. I don't stop talking about her. I brag I, I don't, and I don't care. Yeah, I can do that forever, but, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm lucky. I also have a son. If anyone knows about that, I do have a son, which I forget about sometimes because I'm always, always in the limelight. I feel like he's going to hate me, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm mean, looking forward to the days that we can bowl together too. You know, hopefully, I still have a little, some time left and some years in at that point. But yeah, I'm just hoping by the time, like I said, you know, Lily's eight, so by the time she can bowl an adult stuff, I'll be, you know, fifty, fifty-one. So hopefully, I can. My body will let me still do it then. As long as you don't play softball you know, right? the month before. Yeah, apparently, apparently. So like three weeks ago, I, I I thought I was still an athlete, and I played in a company softball tournament. And of course, it was like three games in one day, and I haven't played in like ten years. <laughs> my body was not happy. Mm-hmm. It was not happy. Like my, and finally, like my back isn't like hurting, but now like, like my fucking thighs and just like everything else is just like you can't do this. Like, you what whined are you doing all night at Friday night bowling? I, I did. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I in pain. It. I'm. It sucks getting old, Jeremy. It feels like does it feel like it does at the end of the week, uh, you know, Friday or Saturday at the Worlds, um, because my body's ready to just break down at that point, and I'm oh my clinging God. I to mean, light. I've like. already I've already bought like my giant jug of like 800 milligram like ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah, you gotta hit. The I, I have my my Theragun like ready to go. Like it's, I'm I'm bringing the old people bag. I mean, for the people who haven't bowled in it, or you know, the like if this is your first year, or whatever. You think, oh, I can just bowl. You know, it's no problem. But how often no, do you no, bowl no. six days in a row where you stand up for 10 hours a day and you're cheering on your team with everything you emotionally have? I was going to say, it's, it's not, I don't even think it's just draining. The it's the intensity of the bowling. Yeah, it's you can't take the games off. Right. You, you need to be smart about it as far as w- what you're doing when you're not bowling. Like you need to be right. s- sitting sometimes, right? Resting or doing eating and drinking and all that stuff. But no, most guys just, just well, stand drinking there. anyway. Yeah, right. They're definitely drinking. But I don't think you know what it does to your body until the end of the week comes around. You know, and that stamina is hard to keep up. But, uh, you know, for guys like Stu, who keeps himself in shape, he's fine, you know. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, he's like a ninth degree black belt. I mean, he's he's probably got the cardio of, like, I don't know, Chara. He's just, (laughs) you know. Um, You know, he's a physical specimen. He is a physical specimer. Okay, I bought one um, ten stringer. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, but hey, if you guys don't mind, let me let me run through a list of my meltdowns because Paul Grant was, you know, he's he's so nice to me. He's always like, "You're a role model. You're a role model on and off the lanes." And I'm like, "Okay, Paul." Yeah, let's go, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go back to 2000. Give him give him a look into 2008 and let's see if he says the same thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like. I've, I had some just absolute meltdowns and I, I, I jotted, I'd actually think back and, and write some notes down because I couldn't on the spot think of them all. But um, 
just to run through them real quick, God, I, uh, I bowled with Surrett and Pelletier in a Monday summer speed league, right? The most meaningless thing in the world is summer and Monday night. And I just walked off the lane and, and took a swing at the Beam Academy and I shattered my hand on the spot, right? I was done for like four months. I just walked outside and I was crying. I'm like, I broke my hand. I had to call my wife and, and be like, yep. So that, that happened. Um, guns reminded me today about <laughs> we're blowing an Academy and he had, you know, you guys do the same thing. Like you get pissed, right? You start lobbing it down. You're like, how far can I just let this one go? Can I one hop it? Can I one hop it? Right. So I was bowling next to guns and he did, he one hopped it. And I'm like, well, I'll up that motherfucker. Right. So, I just go up and I just launch one through the foul light. <laughs> it just shattered the foul light, right? And the ball just drops on the, on the and I just turn around and I'm like, "Fucking guns!" I'm like, "If you didn't one hop it, if you didn't just one hop it, I wouldn't have done that, right?" Just classically blaming him and everybody else for my problems, like I always used to. Um, the oh, this was good. At, well, this wasn't even being mad, but this was just being stupid. Haji used to own Melrose Bowl, right? If any of you guys bowled at Melrose, I remember that classic place. But we were just in there one night, late night, being goofballs, right? Just everything's flowing, like the weeds flowing. We're drinking, and uh, we were we were imitating other bowlers. We were trying to imitate all our favorite guys, and I don't know why I decided to try to be Baker. And this was Baker when he was 20, 19, however old he was back then, right? Like he fired the ball. I was about to say when he was throwing forty miles an hour. Yeah, right. You think he throws hard now? I mean, he he just let everything he had into it. I didn't let the ball go; it went straight up in the ceiling and never came down. Right? It was just gone through the through the ceiling tile. And Haji didn't care; he owned it, but he was just laughing. But the guy behind the counter, the, the guy who lived there back then, he was just screaming at me like I was such an asshole. I'm like, I get it, buddy, but the owner's next to me here, so take a hike. Um, uh, oh, this was good at at Melrose Bowl during a Friday Pro League playoffs. We're up 200 pins. You think I cared about that? No. I cared about how I was doing individually. And I came off the fucking lanes. And like like the Incredible Hulk, I just reached down into these seats that were bolted into the ground and ripped it out of the ground. And it just came up. I, like, I don't know. You know how they say if you, if you have to lift a car off a kid, you just find this power? Well, I don't know where I found this, but I just pulled this thing out of the ground. I see Joe T., from behind the counter, just his eyes turn red. <laughs> and Joe T and I are buddies, right? We'd hang out. We'd have a good time. Yeah. He walked right up to me on the lanes, got in my chest, and, like, had his hand, like, doing this in my – and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, you'll pay for that. And I had to pay $200 on the spot. I had to take up $200 cash and leave them because I broke that chair on the spot. Um, just I felt like such an asshole. I left 200 pins in the playoff match. But I decided to melt down and just and, and just break their equipment. Um, oh, and Paul, I'm you're not still in the chat. Again. What do you feel about your role model? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you feel about this? Um, this? This was the most ridiculous thing. I don't even understand what's going through my head. State tournament at Lakeside, probably like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. We were bowling. A, it was a mixed team event. I'm think, pretty sure I was bowling with Nance Vestal or and Janet, maybe. I'm not even sure. But I missed the five pin for a spare. So I took my shoe off and I overhand threw my shoe at the five pin like in the middle of the state. <laughs> you get it? I did. I absolutely nailed the five pin because guns made a big deal of it. And he was like, that was the most perfect thing that could have happened. And he's like, you would look so stupid if you missed it, but you hit it. So it's all good. <laughs> who, who throws a shoe at the pins, right? Who throws a shoe? <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Honestly. And then I had to walk down. It was like that walk of shame. I'm like, I'll get it, guys. I got I'll it. Get my shoe. So you'll, cool. you'll get your shoe, but not the 27 balls that rolled down a center. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, you remember the Woburn pizza incident? You remember bringing the food into Woburn and I got banned for life because I've, they, I've, heard, of, I've heard about it. They did not allow food into the lanes, but I didn't know. And, we, and there was a group of us and we spent like 60 bucks on dinner, right? Bringing it in. And just got into a massive shouting argument. And I got banned from the – like, I was in the middle of a league. I was supposed to bowl that Tuesday night. No, they banned me from the bowling alley forever, and I had to take my food and get out. Over just, pizza? I was just being an ass at the time. Um, I think it was – I think we're talking about more than pizza at this point. I think words were said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the pizza got a ban, Jeremy. <laughs> 
And, and then the last thing I, I and Deb, Deb DeRosier, if you know, Deb DeRosier, she's a great, great woman, but she brought yeah. me, she brought me, um, like, a, like an artifact from park place when they all left and she handed it to me the other day. She goes, Oh, check out this note you wrote. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this? And I remember being so mad at park place and the pinfall and just being like, anybody could throw 130, 140 and, you know, I benefited from my whole life, but I decided at this time I was going to write a note and let them know how I really felt. So, it, it, and I, I wish I could read you the note. I, I'll, I'll post it too, but it was just, it was like, Deer Park Place, we all hate this place. You suck. We're going to, we're going to a different place because the pinfall is terrible and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, what, just such an asshole thing to say, right? And that was the year we went to Woburn and I got banned like three weeks into the league or whatever. But she brought it up to me. They, they held on to it all these years. Can you believe that? Like the Park Place people held on to it and kept it in the back. For about over 10 years That's so funny. she decided to give it to me not it was going to go ago. in with your hall of fame nomination <laughs> yeah, <laughs> piece of for, paper <laughs> for contribution to the to the game that's, that's about it is, is there a children's hall of fame <laughs> yeah i see yba hall of fame yeah Oh, good stuff. That's, that's awesome. Good stuff. Well, well, this has been fun. I'm glad. I'm this this is awesome. This one flew. Yeah. I, I think we definitely, when, when we get Big Show on the show, we're definitely going to have you join us. Um, yeah, I'll just be a color a color commentator at that point. Like, just let him take over because he's got he's got all. The oh, goods. he he could he could command the whole entire room, and it'll just it'll be just amazing. Yeah, yeah, those guys uh, they were great. Big Show used to pump up my tires a lot, so that was really nice of him. It was, well, it was I, good. Okay. I just I remember going. I remember bowling at a teams tournament out in Canal Lanes, like in in Western Ass, Massachusetts. And he and Kaliri walk in the door. This is probably like two thousand three, two thousand two, two thousand three. I walk in the door, and then the big show. Like I'm in the like main area with like a beer, and he goes, "You know, I was just saying to Bobo Kaliri over here that." <laughs> that uh, that he goes. We're walking into Jeremy Seaholm country. Oh look, oh, yeah. and there's and, and I'm like, this is past my country. <laughs> I'm like, we're almost in New York. <laughs> this is way out. I was in Myrickville, way out there. That, that that's that. Yeah, that was that was Myrick City out there. But that was oh, a good. That was a really good tournament. If it's the same tournament that, that I'm thinking of. Yeah, you could you could um yeah, it was a teams tournament. It was handicapped, but you could you could enter again if you changed one bowler. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they had some good. It was, it was a good time, and that and that's the tournament that you know I, Olsta showed up with like four house bowlers, and he turns to me and he's just like, ah, I think I'll throw seven marks this string. I'm like, okay, and then he threw eight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, I was just like, of course you did. Oh my god, you know another, and we could talk about this. And Big Show will probably bring it up, but. I don't even care. It's not like uh, in a secret, but Sarge and I never got along, right? Sarge and I used to have this. Yeah, there's this, a lot of. I feel like there's feud, a lot of that. right. This feud over personal reasons and whatever, and um, he we and it's a, a memorable event because we bowl. It was at Melrose Bowl, and uh, it was a doubles event. I was bowling with Haji, and we made it to the knockout event, and this was the one and only time I got to bowl against Tommy Olsta, kind of in his heyday. I mean, this was like 1995, six or whatever. You know, I was young. Yep. But him and Sarge were uh, were a team, right? A pretty fucking pretty dominant team. But Sarge and I go at it like we're, we're bowling head to head, and we hate each other, and we can just feel it, right? There was just just like this tense feeling on the lanes, and he he did something like I don't know if he like flicked my towel off the lane or whatever, but I picked his towel up and I just threw it behind him a little bit, and he grabs my towel back and he he just like baseball throws it behind everybody, like back into the stands. And I'm like, what? And I look at Tommy, and Tommy looks at me, and he goes, what the fuck was that about? And I'm like, ask your partner, dude. No idea. No idea. We're just having a little bit of a meltdown up here in the lanes. Don't mind us. <laughs> Going to lose. Of course, they crush us. But uh, that was the, that was my one and only time bowling against Tommy, up until recently, because he just came back, which was which was kind of cool. But yeah, yeah, that was a memory for me, getting, getting the bowl against him. He's, he's, he's a good dude. He's such a, he's such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's good stuff. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're about at that at that limit. Uh, as like I said, we got to have you back on. We'll we'll have yeah. you with we'll have you with Hallberg 
and just or even get 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 Stu and Jason back on it. And I feel like even like that that will blow up the universe. Yeah, that dynamic would be good because you can kind of feed off each other. I mean, I, I mean, just bore you with stories with with some of the stuff, but. Uh... I mean, I feel like it's just, it would just be like, I'd just be like, okay, hey, we have, we, we have, we have Macintosh guns, hammer, go. Yeah. We'll yeah be like, pretty much just Corey. Just tell stories, right? Just, just talk. Because we... <laughs> just, just, just go. I think my favorite line from Doucette was what, what he said. He said to Stu, he was just like, I don't even want to watch you put gas in your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, we just, we'll, we'll, we'll find guys to pick on, like, like Skippy, right? Easterbrooks. I mean, we'll just, hammer on guys like that because that's what we did even when we were on the team the team together yeah. we would just destroy each other right rip each other apart but that's what we loved about it's all, about the, the, it's all about the finish friend that's right it's all about the finish <laughs> ask them skip would skip could miss anything left anything in his life he could miss left you know he'd be on the driveway be on the fucking highway and he he would just go right off the left side of the road i mean you name it we, we had a blast with that <laughs> All right, I think it's about that time. For this one, I'm going to have to put up that expletive uh, <laughs> note. Your discretion is advised. Sorry, You're just, sorry about that. No, no, it's it, it's all good. You know what? We need a little edge in season two. Yeah. yeah. You just got to tell, tell how it is because that's, you know, that's, that's how it was. But, uh, uh, Mike, thank you so much. Thank it's you. it's yeah, been guys, an absolute you. blast. And uh, I'll see you in a few days, man. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Yeah, I can't wait till next week. Hopefully, we'll see all you guys. Corey, are you going to be around? I'll be around. I, I may bowl Monday in the singles, and then I'll just be here and there just kind of checking out. But definitely, I'll be there Saturday for the final. So, awesome. Dan, are you able to sneak up for a little bit on Monday? I'm going to no? try to sneak up uh, at least one of the days. I'll um, I'll bring. I'll just keep my shit in the car. And Sounds good. Maybe yeah, on, on on Monday I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna bring the guitar and play some tunes in the in Pub 125. So uh, yeah, it'll be a nice little party up there for everybody. We'll hang out and have a good time. Nice. So I gotta ask before because Paul asked in the chat again. How did you start yeah. with the guitar? Was that something since you were a kid, or was that? So that uh, no, I was 20 years old and my brother used to play bass. He was a really good bass player, and he just wanted someone to jam with. So one Christmas he bought me the guitar, and yeah, it just took off. You know, I mean, just what 20. 22 23 years now of playing something that i love uh, it's an escape you know it's a it's like a therapeutic type of thing for me so yeah. I'm just, that's I'm a, that's a guitar t- kind of mellowed you out on the lanes too but when you, you said 20 i was like no that doesn't that doesn't line up no, 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 <laughs> no it didn't no it didn't mellow no because i wasn't very good for a long time um and then just over the last five ten years it you know everything started to click so no, yeah, now I'm really enjoying it. Playing. No, is that is that a is that a Taylor you have? It is a Taylor. Yeah, oh, I love those. It is a Taylor. For the, I broke a string last night for the first time in my life uh, on that guitar. I was just I must have been playing a little heavy or the strings were wearing out, but it just snapped right in the middle of uh, Sublime song. I was like, Guess we're done tonight, guys. <laughs> I don't practice Santa. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, loving is what I got. <laughs> A string. We'll come up and play a song uh, one of these times on the podcast. You know, I'll jam out and you can have a four-part harmony or some shit. There, there we go. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Great. Good stuff, guys. Appreciate I don't want to shout out your business. Twenty-four-seven bookkeeping and tax incorporated. That's that's Mike Max business right there. Also a gracious sponsor of the Candlepin Corner Christmas Classic. We're working on getting a formal post out there, so I want to thank you for that. But appreciate all you guys letting us uh, host you for this podcast. It was a hell of a time. Like Danny said before, it flew by because just the stories yeah. were were unbelievable. It was a great time. And anytime you guys want a platform, you know where to find me. But for Candlebin Corner, I'm Corey. It's Jeremy Seaholm and Danny from The Approach and the famous Mike McIntosh uh, joining us here tonight. Appreciate Childhood Phenom, Mike McIntosh. (laughs) Appreciate you all joining us tonight. Catch us next time. Me and Jordan are going to get back on this thing regularly here, and we'll we'll be around for the Worlds next week. So uh, go to Academy, check out some bowling. It's going to be a hell of a week. All right, you guys, have a great night.